Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Not to be too heady, like feminism and capitalism can't exist together. And I was like, because capitalism, yeah, is the patriarchy. So it was like... Yeah, we didn't actually come to any resolution. Unfortunately, did not solve the whole patriarchy (laughs) problem yesterday at 2 p.m. On a Monday. But we tried. Okay. Hi there, I'm Lauren McGoodwin with teammates Kayleen Holden and Aaliyah Kamalova. Welcome back to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. Today's episode is about our productivity struggles. And if we're really all just that terrible at managing our time, or if there's something else getting in our way. Specifically, we're going to cover how you can be more productive by harnessing motivation. We'll share some lesser known tools and tricks that can help. And we'll hear from time management expert and author, Laura Vanderkam. We'll also be answering your listener questions in our segment, Dear Career Contessa where we give you specific advice on your career questions. Today, we're discussing what to do when you know your boss has favorites. And now, this is The Females. So we live in this culture that's basically obsessed with maximizing personal productivity. And I think we all kind of, whether we think about it subconsciously or consciously, we do. We kind of dream about these like four-hour work weeks and how can we get more done with less. And I also think that we recently saw when we were making our course on meetings that on average, people waste 32 hours a month in meetings that they deem a waste of time. So obviously this busyness as a status symbol is kind of killing all parts of productivity. So in our quest to be more productive, we actually seem more distracted than ever, which is really sad Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think on a very micro level I can illustrate this by me like googling how to be more productive (laughs) while I need to be productive it's like that right there is the problem (laughs) or like setting up all your systems and Mm -hmm. then just never getting anything yeah yeah Mm -hmm. or sometimes I also feel like I'll set up a system to try to be more productive and just the idea of having to take the time to be more productive makes me 
exhausted mm-hmm. i sort of famously in 2019 set up a bullet journal that looks gorgeous didn't touch it once didn't yeah but like i know that works for some people but i was like actually i think what i like about this is drawing yeah <laughs> and they're like coloring yeah <laughs> like, that's totally different than being productive i like to doodle mm-hmm. like if i'm feeling overwhelmed sometimes just like putting pen to paper actually it feels mm-hmm. better than actually setting up one more system yeah but it is like this weird culture of maximizing productivity to like that 100 percent capacity yeah and if not it's like you're not being productive or efficient right i mean this four-hour work week look that's like a completely different concept but i do think people hear that and then they're like i don't need to work 10 hours a day i could just get everything done in four hours i don't Mm -hmm. know there's this obsession of figuring out how to do less but i don't think anyone's ever actually like checked out either yeah so that's another thing is like okay, maybe you can get all your work done in four hours, but you're not checked out. You're still like engaged. There's this new buzzword that I I really like. It's called fawn and it's called fear of not doing. Mm -hmm. And the whole concept is like, it actually takes just as much energy and time to not feel like you're being productive, Mm -hmm. feel like you can be off and kind of relaxing as it, but most of us have this fear of like, we're just constantly trying to multitask and get everything done. Mm -hmm. Or like a guilt for not working yes and it's like where does that come from just yeah. from like is that <laughs> also a comparison thing maybe yeah. yeah i mean we're also there is this feeling of like hustle 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 mm-hmm. you know push hard work hard work hard work i think there's definitely a lot more messages around productivity like i don't remember people talking about time management nearly as much as they talk about it now no yeah, yeah i definitely don't think so there's just so much, like I said, like systems are like, to me, I always think about like apps. I have so many apps on my phone that like from one thing I spend so much time on is class pass because I'll go through and be like, mm-hmm. going to the gym every day this week. And then I go back and I'm like, I got five minutes to uh, delete this before <laughs> yeah. I get the fee. And I will tell you, I spend like probably like 45 minutes on class pass, like not working out, not yeah. like mm-hmm. unscheduling, that's a full, rescheduling. That's yeah. a full like healthy workout, 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) So that's why on today's episode, we're going to be discussing two things. So one, what really causes these productivity struggles? And two, the lesser known tools and tricks that can help you boost productivity and motivation. So let's get into it. Our first discussion point covers what really causes productivity struggles. And contrary to what many of us think, it might not be about how we manage our time. This is because there are a limited number of hours in the day. And focusing on time management just makes us more aware of how many of those hours we actually waste. In a recent New York Times article by Adam Grant, he writes that, quote, Often our productivity struggles are caused not by a lack of efficiency, but a lack of motivation. I understood that to say that basically we don't do things just because we have a set amount of time to do them. We do it because we're motivated to get them done so we don't have to think about it and we can do things that we enjoy or even tasks that are more interesting to us. So I think using that sort of idea, if you in theory stack a bunch of like the thing that you dread the most, like in your workday, say it's like, I don't want to like pen this email. Like I don't know how to phrase this. If you get that done with in the morning, you'll just be more motivated to do things because you're excited about the rest of stuff or like it progressively gets better and better yeah such a good article but basically he says it's not our issue isn't time management it's attention management Mm -hmm. and like we have an issue with where our attention goes but also you are probably going to get a task done not because you have x amount of time to do it Mm -hmm. but because you're motivated to do it so then actually if you can work backwards from there and think about okay well 
why do I have a lack of motivation and like rephrase it based off of that or whatever the task is that you have to get done. And maybe instead of saying like, Oh God, I got to get this done in the next 20 minutes. So, you know, I can move Mm -hmm. on to whatever else instead of the 20 minutes, like what would be the motivation Mm -hmm. for getting that done and don't actually focus on time, which is, I feel like a lot of time management people will talk about like, we'll keep a time diary and figure out where you're wasting time. So you can get like every second you Mm -hmm. have, you know? So there's another really interesting mention in Grant's article called attention residue which I had never heard of before and it kind of sounds gross but it's a really (laughs) gross name for a clever concept that was created by or or first mentioned by Dr. Sophie Leroy while she was studying the impact of performing multiple tasks in a row and I think we can all relate to that like at work you're like I gotta have all these tasks done and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try to do as many of them straight as possible and according to what she found when you switch from one task to another some of your attention remains stuck with the original activity this residue has a negative impact on your performance on whatever you work on next, which I know Leah, you mm-hmm. were kind of chatting about this, but this is exactly what they're talking about. It's like, if you move from task to task without fully completing it, you mm-hmm. have this like mm-hmm. residue that follows you around. thought that follows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's like emphasizing that you need to have a time for transition right yeah exactly and I feel like that's also just if you can allow that time or almost like you should build that in to like what your deadlines would be and stuff to think like to first like clear your head from the first task and also it probably I assume gives you more like creative thoughts before you start the next thing right the discussion point we're trying Mm -hmm. to get to is like why do we struggle with productivity and part of it is that actually if you are mindlessly switching like you said Mm -hmm. not consciously switching from task to task you basically build up this thick residue so your issues with productivity maybe have nothing related to like actually your time or the task it's maybe the fact that you don't think about your task by your motivation or you switch too quickly from them Mm -hmm. which is I know it sounds really counterproductive to like trying to get more done yeah, you know? yeah. which is like multitask yeah. <laughs> as much as you can this, to this to this back to this yeah we're like here our solution is just add a bunch of time in between like yeah. someone who's like I can't get anything done we're like add a bunch of time where you just transition slowly but it's true it's like that has to be built in truly you like be like uh, Aaliyah playing I don't know like Tetris on her phone be like yeah. I'm transitioning right transitioning <laughs> guys don't touch me don't talk to me don't mess with my flow there is that Pomodoro effect that I think builds in the transition time where you work for a certain amount of time then you after like 20 minutes or so you have like a five minute break where you're supposed to just like chill out yeah, I, I think, think the it's problem like, is no one chills out. Like there no. are mm-hmm. a lot of people when you're having your transition time, they go on Instagram, they check yeah. their personal email. Like I think that's the problem also is like we think we're having transition time, but we're not. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> be honest, you guys. But really, you're actually doing other work. <laughs> I guess what would be good examples of transitions? That's that, what like, I was trying to think too. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> I think getting up for a walk, like yeah. with no device in hand, it would be a good one. Have you done that recently? Like gone for a walk with nothing? It is like weirdly like not panicky. That's way too extreme, but it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. You do feel like yeah. you've like forgotten. Like, cause I'm like, I could be calling my mom. I could be mm-hmm. listening to my audiobook. I could, there's so many things I could be doing. Yeah. It's yeah. actually really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So I guess the challenge also would be for your transitions, like no device. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Cause I was like, Oh, I always listen to like an audiobook or something. If I go on a walk and I try to be like, oh, don't be like on Instagram. Like, don't be looking at your phone at least. Yeah. But I'm still constantly stimulated by yeah. a plot that's like happening in my head. So I don't know. Like, I guess you do just have to absolutely 
disconnect yeah like that's just an example like you think you're having this transition you've made this big effort to like walk further do this thing uh, there's still gonna be this quote-unquote attention residue actually you know what the purest form of transition that i've experienced <laughs> at our office is when i the internet breaks down <laughs> when the internet is actually broken and i can't log on to anything yeah or i'll go walk to the chickens that are nearby our office oh yeah which is probably very confusing for people listening yeah to make it seem like we're not by a farm or anything no. but there is just this <laughs> this is going to make it more confusing but an art gallery that has these <laughs> has a restaurant totally. that has this chicken thing but they just chill there yeah and they live there yeah no we are in a, a super urban area mm -hmm. and they have their own garden and their own chickens mm -hmm. and that is where they get the food for Honestly, one of the that's pretty calming to go look at yeah. those chickens so i highly recommend for you guys <laughs> i haven't seen them in so long it's actually. been a while i actually was going to follow them on instagram they have an instagram account that would not be taking yeah, a break that, yeah exactly well we'll put it in the show notes so everyone <laughs> maybe that's the best form of transition yeah well okay so long story short <laughs> when you mix attention residue with a lack of motivation around the task that you have to get done your productivity is going to suffer so just as a if you're wondering why you're struggling, ask yourself mm -hmm. about motivation and attention. And another cause for our productivity struggles is that we view time in hours, typically. Let's listen into Laura Vanderkam explain why we need to shift our focus and what we need to shift it to instead. Can you walk us through this approach and how we can really disrupt our own 168 hours? Like, What's the biggest takeaway from what you learned writing 168 hours? Well, the biggest takeaway is that we should view our lives in weeks because you just said a few seconds ago that people say there aren't enough hours in the day. And that's right. totally true. There aren't enough hours in the day, but we don't live our lives in days. We live our lives in weeks. And when you look at the whole of the week, you see just how much space we have. I mean, I, I do some numbers for people in talks and in my books that, you know, if you work 40 hours a week, so that's a full time job and sleep eight hours a night. So that's 56 hours per week. That leaves 72 hours for other things, which is almost twice as much time as you're working. Mm -hmm. uh, you hear that phrase all the time, that, oh, you spend the majority of your waking hours at work. <laughs> well, unless unless you work 56 hours per week, which the vast, vast, vast majority of people do not, you don't. <laughs> so that's another misleading statement there. So, you know, the first thing is viewing your life in weeks. And then you see that there there is this other time other than work, you know, so so work and life can both coexist. You may need to be creative about, about finding the time and managing your energy, but the time is there. But it's also about recognizing, you know, things don't have to happen daily and they don't have to happen at the same time every day to count. And if we do things a couple times a week, it's often great. We also can't view any one day and, and the trade-offs that have been made in any one day as the whole view of time. So, you know, all the time people are like, oh, I had to work late. Life is horrible, terrible. I was like, okay, well, you work late two nights this week. There are seven days in a week, which means at five, you didn't. And so we can, you know, talk about the two and lament the two, or we can talk about the five that we didn't, I mean, which is more than two. And, or, right. you know, people who travel are like, oh, I'm traveling all the time. Okay, well, let's, let's cross <laughs> that out. Is it really all the time? I mean, you know, even people who, who do this, like sales jobs where they are on the road a lot will often look at, you know, stay in the same hotel chains and get a statement of how many nights they're gone. And it, it tends to max out around 120 nights per year, which is one third of your nights, right? Mm -hmm. So it, again, it's it's not 
every day. It's probably not 100% of your time. We can look at time holistically and see that there usually is space for life on multiple dimensions. When you were doing your research on this, were productive people or people who were managing their time really well, were they planning out their week and then slotting the things that were important or were they, you know, slotting out days or, I mean, is that how we should do it? Is like every Sunday kind of think about your week ahead? I am definitely a fan of thinking through your weeks before you're actually in them. Um, since the week is the unit of time that we live life in, that's what we should look at. And not everyone does this. I mean, some people have the ability to to take things more day at a time, but I, I think most of us uh, do better when we look in the week as a whole. Actually move that planning back a little bit. Instead of doing it Sunday night, I do it Friday afternoon. Most people aren't really doing a whole lot on Friday afternoon anyway. <laughs> like they're sort of sliding into the weekend. You know, redeploy it for something much more purposeful. Um, so you take a few minutes on Friday afternoon, plan the week ahead. If you need to set up meetings, that person is probably still at their desk, so you can get them and, and get that scheduled. Or if you need to think about, you haven't thought about your weekend yet, that gives you the last opportunity to think about what you want to do over the weekend. But yeah, just Friday afternoon, think about. The various spheres of life, I, I recommend three, career, relationships, and self. Um, making yourself a three-category priority list for the next week. Just put a couple items in each, look at the calendar, see where they go. Okay, so what we're learning is that you should think about your time in week, not days, minutes, hours, which I really like that because I agree with her. I think that it can go from like zero to 60 very quickly with feeling like, oh, I didn't get that one thing I wanted to get done today. Therefore, the whole week is out, mm -hmm. you know, so she is helping with sort of like realign your perspective on how you view your time. So people who think they're bad at time management, it's OK to maybe have one day where your time was like maybe not going the way you thought it was going to go. Yeah, I think this kind of goes to the point of where we were talking about how people like to say they're busy or that busyness is a sign of, I don't know. You're so cool. That, yeah, <laughs> is a sign of coolness. Status, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I, I know, basically she was talking about that people who are saying they're super busy are always doing something. It's like, you're actually just not, is like right. what she was saying, truly. Right. And so it's kind of funny to think that like, Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, if you look at what you did in the past week and you're like, oh, I did a few things and it wasn't just packed with the same thing. And right. I actually watched a TV show this, you know, like yeah. somehow I've watched an entire season of this show in the past month. <laughs> yeah. But all so I've been doing I is <laughs> work, work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she talks about that, too, about how people you can find hours in your week, probably mm -hmm. like sometimes it's hard to find hours in the day, but you could probably find hours in the week. And obviously people do for random things that come up or yes to like mm -hmm. binge on a, a show on tv somehow you're able to find that so i think the realigning the perspective but also the activity of planning your future week the friday before does two things one it allows you to probably actually have a weekend where you don't feel like mm -hmm. you have to be multitasking and doing all these things. But also I actually like based off of the tip we just talked about, about motivation, when you're planning your week, maybe you could write down your motivation to get that thing done too, mm -hmm. which might help a little bit because it feels a little less like task or to-do list oriented, which is, I don't know. I just feel like when you have tasks, you're like, oh, great. Things yeah. to do. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not fun. <laughs> like that mm -hmm. just feels like, I mean, I get it. Being an adult is not fun, but like mm -hmm. at least maybe if you could draw things to your motivation, you could just at least feel more upbeat about it. Yeah. And I think also scheduling those times of rest or times where you just want to binge watch, yeah. you know, a couple episodes, like I think that's fine. They don't necessarily need to be replaced with 
more work or more whatever it's like that could also be productive in a way of scheduling time for yourself in the week to make right. sure like I really want to just do nothing Wednesday night after work right. or something. Like she said, relationship, self, career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just prioritizing all of those like in a way, mm-hmm. like for a few things only I think is really helpful. I think sometimes when you feel like you're busy or if I feel like I'm busy, like maybe I have two nights in a row where I do something. <laughs> Never happens. <laughs> I'll get such like anxiety about like oh I'm falling behind on this or that and then that anxiety ends up just like filling the time Mm -hmm. yeah like I'll just sit and like I'll put on a show and be like I'm not getting anything done like I'm wasting my time and it's like but I'm like fully like leaning into it I guess in the worst way yeah it's like yeah well your attention is on it too so now Mm -hmm. your attention is not on whatever it is that you want to get done it's feeling guilty for the fact that you're watching a show Yeah. yeah what a cycle <laughs> no <laughs> thanks so, netflix i know yeah. so remember that your struggles with productivity might not have as much to do with how you manage the hours in your day but rather how you manage your attention after you tackle attention it's time to start viewing your time over a period of a week not hour by hour after this quick break we'll be back to share tips how you can become more productive Looking to overhaul your productivity or looking to take those meh tasks off your plate? We've got just the tool for you. It's Acuity Scheduling, and it's here to take a ton of small tasks off your plate so you can focus on the projects you love. Acuity Scheduling does the work of a 24-7 assistant, one that works behind the scenes to fill your calendar and take hours of work off your plate. Give your clients real-time access to your calendar, the ability to self-book their own appointments, and even to reschedule at their time and your convenience, all without tons of emailing back and forth. Acuity even allows you to look even more professional than we already know you are by offering a convenient scheduler that matches your brand voice. Get yourself some digital help with Acuity today. Save yourself the drudgery of having to keep up with your clients while managing your own busy schedule by using Acuity Scheduling. For a limited time, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free no credit card required by going to acuityscheduling.com slash females. That's acuityscheduling.com slash females, F-E-M-A-I-L-S to start today for free. All right, now let's get back to the show. All right, now that we know why we struggle with time management, what are some specific things that we can do to boost our productivity? We've got three tips to help you. And tip number one, again, comes from Laura Vanderkam, and it's to learn what to say no to. And alternatively, use a point scale to determine what to say yes to. An important part of better time management is definitely being able to say no more often and be more aware of when you're saying yes. And I have two thoughts here. The first one is that saying no is really hard and at times very uncomfortable. And then the other thing that comes to mind is that I often feel conflicted about saying no when I'm actually free to say yes because I want to remain open to new opportunities. And, you know, some of the advice out there is like Shonda Rhimes wrote a book literally called The Year of Yes or Saying Yes. And it's all about say yes and kind of, you know, lean into those things. So how do you get comfortable saying no, even if you can, even if you have the time to do it? Well, 
I think the key thing here, and, and what, what Shonda Rhimes is getting at, is that a lot of times women say no to big stuff because we've said yes to a lot of small stuff that's then keeping us too busy to say yes to the, the big stuff, or because we're scared of the big stuff. So right. I... I think there's definitely something to be said for saying yes to, like I have a friend who was asking me today about, you know, taking on a big new job opportunity that would be, you know, added stress for sure. And she's got a busy life, but I think she'd totally be able to do it. And I think some of the things that are stressful to her now would be less when she was in charge because then it would run Mm, well, as opposed to now, you know, so those are, those are important things to keep in mind. Saying no to stuff that isn't in in line with your vision for how you should be spending your time is, is more the question, you know, what we should, what we need to be saying no to. It is hard to say no. You don't want to disappoint people. We tend to have a warped perspective on time the further something is in the future. So I don't know if we have this idea like, oh, it'll never be March. Like, you know, like I'll never have to deal with that thing. That yeah. Said yes to. Or, or that somehow you in March will be a completely different person. And so the normal issues you're struggling with now in terms of how busy you are and how much you have on your plate, well, that won't apply at all in March somehow. In general, so I, I always tell people, like when you're asked to do something in the future, ask yourself if you would do it tomorrow. Mm, um, that's a good because idea. your sense of how busy you will be tomorrow and what you have on your plate tomorrow is far better than your sense for next March, right? Right. You'll say if yes you, to everything if, for next March because you're free. <laughs> yeah, you're free. Yeah, it turns out you're actually free in March. Yeah. But, but so what? Like you won't be once you get to March. Right. Then I think the other thing, you can train yourself to recognize that things are like, you know, on the zero to 10 point scale, you might be better off saying no to things that are, you know, in the middle because it is quite possible that good stuff will come later that is in the nine ten category. Right. Uh, I, I have learned this the hard way with, you know, speaking gigs uh, that I do as much as possible, try to keep my calendar open, knowing that, you know, if somebody comes to me and says, I want, you know, we want you to fly to California to give a big speech. Like if I've booked little stuff that's hard to get out of, I won't be able to take those on. And, and so you know, when people want me to do time specific stuff that is far in the future, like it, it needs to be big enough to justify it. I'll tell people like, well, I can do it for you next week, but I, I can't pledge to do it in April. So that I, I think recognizing the opportunity cost is, is important as well. Right. No, I think I mean, I think what everybody wants is some sort of like criteria, even it's even if it's an internal criteria, like does this meet the criteria of me saying yes to it or not? Like I think people just want sometimes it's simplified and I think you've done that. So that's great. I really like this advice for how to say no because I don't feel like we get a lot of straightforward advice like that, which is very simple. Like if you would do it tomorrow, then say yes to it. And if you wouldn't do it tomorrow, then it probably is something that you should be like, I can't commit to that at whatever mm-hmm. time frame and I you know I think the the biggest struggle sometimes with saying no is how do you say no without really saying no yeah yeah it's so easy to say yes to something <laughs> easier next sure. year you know yeah. and you're like oh yeah I'm actually next year I'm planning to not really do that much it's like yeah. that's not true <laughs> it's like they say about kind of one of the big culprits of this is like weddings yeah. where they send out the invitation. They say, some comedian was like, it's like a jury summons because they're like, we know you don't have anything going on April 25th, 2022. Yeah, so <laughs> pretty but much now you do. <laughs> and we actually told you to save that date right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> I this also, isn't even the invite. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I also like her advice about using the point scale because I do think sometimes, I mean, we all definitely do this where we think that if our week is full, then we are being productive and we're moving forward. And so it's really simple to misunderstand having things to do with like actually moving forward or progressing. Like I kind of talk about this a lot where I'm like, I'm not anti self-improvement. I'm anti this whole concept of like, you're always improving. You never actually evolve. Right. And I really like this advice that she has because ultimately your goal is to evolve. So you should be leaving space in your calendar for the big stuff that can lead to Mm -hmm. not just like DIY self-improvement or productivity and tasks just for the sake of tasks, but really to be like, no, no, no. If I'm going to do something, it's got to be, like she said, like a bigger item. Yeah. And I feel like in the reality of it, like the day to day, you don't notice how much you've said yes or no to so that even if you're consciously trying to say no to more smaller things or things that don't seem as valuable to you and then all of a sudden you're like at a dinner or something yeah. like oh this is one of those things that like <laughs> right maybe you know it doesn't seem like oh but i it's fun to do that but yeah. ultimately those are just those small daily things that you don't notice until you're like why am i so busy or overwhelmed yeah and you've been overwhelmed or brought down by a lot of small things Mm -hmm. it's the same concept of like small things add up to big moves but like small things can also add up to like big energy sucks i guess yeah definitely so that brings us kind of to our second tip which is to understand and pay attention to what motivates you so this is kind of what you're talking about with adam grant i think it's like what actually do you want to be doing so for me like i like to prioritize my tasks and do the more like things that either i'm unsure about or i know will require a little bit more thought or work really and then after that i'm like well i know i'll like i really like designing this thing or whatever so that'll be like an extra fun thing to do yeah so i feel like that motivates me to just do the whatever i have to do like first thing yeah I usually start with the things I'm least motivated by Mm -hmm. in the morning (laughs) when I feel like I've got the most energy Mm -hmm. and I I guess a lot of people probably do this but I leave the stuff that I'm like the most motivated by for the afternoon when I'm like I'll do this because I actually really enjoy it not because I need to like pull a bunch of energy in order to get it done Mm -hmm. because you can do it without like six cups of coffee you're like yeah actually just do this mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like it. that you can tell that in our office where all of us are pretty quiet towards the morning where it's clear we're just like focused on getting whatever we're doing done and then by the afternoon it's like more open a little bit <laughs> yeah so you like kind of need to take a walk kind of need to like i, don't I can know. talk and do the task at yeah. the same time <laughs> I also think that one thing we should clarify is that it's okay for your motivation to be purely that this is a hard task and you want to be done with it. I think it's just a rephrasing for your mindset of I'm getting this done because my boss needs it versus I'm getting this done so it can free me up to do the thing I want. Mm -hmm. Like I do believe a lot in like how you speak to yourself and how you speak about things can actually like they are very self-fulfilling prophecies in that sense and so i just want to clarify like we're not saying that your motivation has to be some pure big thing it can be simply that you want to do something else that you're actually more excited about yeah and to pay attention to that motivation because right now it might be hard to think of like list all the things that motivate me to get through this project i don't want to do but just as you work naturally see what you like And I feel like just being more conscious about it will help you restructure your day or week. Yep. And I think that also goes outside of work too, where it's like you might have just a really full hard day at work and your motivation is that after you get to watch, I don't know, 
two episodes of Real Housewives. Or like, you know, it doesn't have to be all tied to your work, I think. We wrote an article once about like successful women's like quote unquote guilty pleasures, mm-hmm. which I know a lot of people don't like to call them guilty pleasures, but it was about that. It was like how there are plenty of very successful people out there who watch hours of Bravo TV mm-hmm. too. Like, you know, because sometimes <laughs> I feel like when you are watching that stuff, when you know you have stuff to do, it's really easy to do a lot of negative self-talk. Like, look at you, you're sitting here instead of doing yada yada, but yeah. relax and just engaging is also just as important I guess mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely Absolutely. where's the like study that needs to exist that's like you will be more successful if you watch Bravo <laughs> like that needs that's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Bravo you should consider a research study funded <laughs> yeah. by Bravo <laughs> you know what some of the smartest people <laughs> that I know also watch Bravo yeah. so mm-hmm I like that that's like our including everyone at this table <laughs> yeah, exactly. like our equivalent of trash TV is Bravo yeah. okay so our final and third tip is to enlist help so that could be using free tools or to-do list templates which we have some amazing to-do list templates at Career Contessa that you can download we'll make sure to put those in the show notes one thing that I actually don't think a lot of people think about for enlisting help because we did talk about apps earlier you know obviously Acuity is an awesome tool for that but investing your money in services or people or things that can actually give you more time back I think that's actually not as commonly talked about like when they always say like money can't buy you happiness is like but money could actually get you some time which Mm -hmm. could allow you to you know work on yourself so we should talk about that just because do you guys ever spend money on things that give you your time? I'm trying to think. I bet I do without even knowing it. Yeah. Because Amazon Prime, for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I definitely don't have a personal assistant, but <laughs> I do have, like, I don't know. There's certain, like, services that I use that, like, even if you, like, Postmates. Yeah, that's true. At night, you mm-hmm. know, that definitely saves you time in preparation and going to, or if you want to go get something. Paying for parking yeah. like, mm-hmm. rather than looking around for hours and hours. Yeah. In the it's interview with Laura, she and I did talk about this where she said, actually, if you look at the studies, because we're not talking about if you don't have any, you know, if you have a tight budget, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. don't use Postmates and some other stuff. Like, But she was talking about that there's been studies done that people who have discretionary income actually don't spend it on things that give them their time back. You know, back in the day, people who had discretionary income, it was like being in the quote unquote leisure class. That's like how you knew it was like a status if you were rich because you didn't do very much Mm -hmm. where now it's kind of been flipped. You know, you can have like a lot of money, but you're still busy 24 seven. And Laura was saying that, yeah, they actually have done these studies to show that like that's because Mm -hmm. people don't spend their money on things that give them their time back. Instacart, for example, getting your groceries delivered. She mentioned personal assistance Mm -hmm. and how a lot of people who could definitely afford one won't get one and I I just thought it was interesting because this whole enlist help I feel like people have sort of this like boxed in idea of what that looks like and sometimes as we talked about yes there are apps that can definitely save you time but sometimes like (laughs) you spend 45 minutes on class pass Mm -hmm. (laughs) looking at you Haley no just kidding (laughs) um so yeah I mean don't be afraid to enlist help and be creative about how you enlist it as well I don't know if you guys saw this but there was this post that kind of went viral the other day about a woman who was looking for basically she was a female CEO who was looking for like a house manager and people there's a lot of obviously different opinions about that because her her job description was like 2,000 words long of what she wanted. But essentially she was saying like, I'm willing to pay someone to help me 
run my home and my family because I can't do it all. And it's important that I not do it all. Mm -hmm. Meaning she has discretionary income and she's willing to spend it that way. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like a place of privilege to be able to spend any like extra income on like time management stuff or like staff for yeah. yourself yeah Full-time for me that staff. seems like crazy that yeah. you know like I, like I can't visualize myself being at that right place but I think also when we talk about enlisting help it could be also like delegating so yes. whether it's like I don't know your family or friends or like your roommate helping around doing tasks that like normally you would do right It'll help you in very small ways. I don't know. I I know, at least for myself, I would rather, most of the time, 99% of the time, I'd rather do something myself than ask. I think Mm -hmm. it's like a middle child thing. (laughs) It's like, I'm just going to do it myself rather than like, maybe someone someone. says Mm -hmm. no, or if they don't get it done as fast as I would like to. Right. But I think it's like letting go of that too, which can be really cumbersome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So speaking of delegation, because I agree, I mean, it's what we're talking about with spending your money on things that give you your time back yes that's extreme Mm -hmm. privilege to even be in that place so let's talk about delegation which is something that i actually heard this great tip for once which was write down everything you do in a day and then go back and star any of the things that you could have delegated to somebody else because i think sometimes the challenge with delegation is it feels like another it's another task to figure out what exactly and so it can be really scary and but i guess that was a way to actually break it down where you're not having to like spend too much time then working backwards because you have a lot of trouble remembering as Laura said like it's really hard for people to remember like what they did a few days ago yeah so I feel like a common theme among all this like productivity stuff is to sort of observe yourself for a week of like how you work and then consciously be like okay now how can I like implement productivity boost because I feel like it's so hard to, if you're just wake up and you're like okay today I'm actually gonna be really productive right. or like I'm gonna change my lifestyle or work style completely and I feel like it's so hard because you don't realize like what it's motivates you or change. like what yeah so yeah. you have to just have give yourself a clean like scientific week of observation of just like how do I operate normally right. before you can start like tracking your spending or something yes. yeah mm-hmm and then scary (laughs) and then while you track it you're like i actually don't spend money at all you're like oh this week i actually you're like you know you're tracking or (laughs) you behave really really yeah you're tracking i'm ideal (laughs) yeah well nothing to change (laughs) boy well good here all right well let's recap so our three tips for harnessing motivation to be more productive are number one learn what to say no to and also what to say yes to Number two is understand and pay attention to what motivates you. And number three, enlist help. So next up, we'll hear from you and solve your problems. Welcome to Dear Career Contessa, the part of the show where we answer your questions. Remember, if you have a career question, you can submit it to us via DM on at Career Contessa on Instagram. Email us info at careercontessa.com or leave us a voicemail at 844-FEMALES. All of that information is also included in the show notes. All right, so today's question came to us via email, and she said, in my last company and my current company, I'm on a team where the head manager of the team clearly has a favorite. Other team members and myself recognize this, and it creates a very odd dynamic where we don't know who to trust. What's the best way to continue to work on the team but stay away from the drama? I know all of our eyeballs just kind of like got really big. I mean, I was on a team once where my boss had favorites 
definitely. I just happen, I think, to be on the more positive side of that. But what's the advice if you know your boss has a favorite also? Because that is, and you know you're not the favorite, I should say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny because I wonder if the favorite in this situation knows that they are the favorite or if it's becoming like... I think you know when you're a favorite, mm -hmm. especially if a boss is obvious about it. I think you can always tell, or at least like, for example, when I knew that I fell on the more positive side... <laughs> That's what you're you calling favorite? it. <laughs> I wasn't a favorite, side. <laughs> but I definitely, I wasn't like her top favorite, but I wasn't like, it was very clear that there were a few people in the office she did not like. Yeah. Your favorite adjacent. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think to answer your question, I think you do know if you're at least top three. <laughs> yeah. MySpace top eight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not to sound like a jerk over here, but I've also had a boss where I like did nothing right. And you definitely knew you weren't the favorite. I think with this question though, what's interesting is the other team members recognizing it and it creates this really odd dynamic where people don't know who to trust. So when organizations mm -hmm. have favorites, they're doing so much more to kind of create create this terrible culture than maybe just like being a little friendlier or because I mean I do think it can be natural for maybe two people to have a little bit more in common and be a little more chatty but this we're talking about creating a culture mm -hmm. where people don't have trust that's a bigger like issue and that's one of those issues for company cultures where it's like well now your culture is built on this attitudes of people not trusting each other fear intimidation think of discrimination and like mm -hmm. not speaking up in the workplace it's like they don't know who to trust so they don't speak up so therefore things bleed into other parts so yeah and I think in terms of like her question what's the best way to continue to work on the team but stay away from the drama I feel like the first level of that is to just not feed into like the gossip culture yeah. of, because what it seems like is that if everyone on the team kind of has this knowledge and I assume have not brought this knowledge to the boss or like the boss has not been called out in any sort of way I feel like to just separate yourself from that like gossip of like oh my god I can't believe that like yeah he chose this person again I or like agree because that's actually not productive in the sense of like it's not helping the problem right like it's, just it's, complaining and like it's helpful to acknowledge maybe that it's going on so you don't feel like you're the only person that I don't know sees yeah. this but if it's just like to kind of bad mouth either the manager or the person who yeah. might not be doing anything right. like yeah. just happens to be I don't know a favorite of the yeah, boss they didn't choose to be the favorite or what yeah, yeah I see what you're yeah. saying <laughs> like you know they who knows it's like kind of reminds me of like the office like yeah. where Michael Scott like loves what's his name like Ryan like the yeah. Novak's character <laughs> and he's like not into it like he's yeah. like too cool for Michael but he's like trying to impress him it's like that same thing it's like he might the favorite might not be doing anything yeah, particular might not be into it too yeah. and then you probably have this dynamic where everyone like also hates the favorite yeah yeah and they're kind of bonded together I would almost want to like disregard something like this unless like this person's getting opportunities that no one else is getting because right. they're the mm -hmm. favorite that's when I think it's a problem that would need to be addressed either to the boss or like potentially HR if there is HR yeah Mm -hmm. I actually like the idea of addressing it no matter what though because what mm -hmm. if your boss is unaware like yeah they're it is possible that people are oblivious and lack self-awareness. And I say that facetiously because <laughs> people do it all the time. Like the person who has a full-on conversation in the middle of the grocery store aisle where you're like, there's got to be a better place than like right in the middle of this very busy spot. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is like, I agree. I think if there are favorites at your company, do not 
engage in that because um like on slack you know water cooler like talk, the gossip yeah, yeah like I, I really think that is not actually helping you even mm-hmm. if it feels good in the moment to vent don't take part of that but i actually really would encourage this person to maybe bring it up to their boss i actually had a great episode with dr joy from therapy for black girls about how to have intimidating conversations at work but i think really bringing it up in like a very casual way you know hey i've noticed or i'm trying to like put on my therapy hat about like how to have this conversation where you you make it very open-ended because maybe they have no as you said maybe Mm -hmm. they have no idea that they play favorites or that they react Mm -hmm. that way and give them the chance to talk and truly listen to them because maybe everybody has branded this as that person as a favorite but maybe that's not mm-hmm. the case I, you just I guess you just don't know a little yeah. bit yeah and I feel like if you have that conversation with your manager you should just and you feel like you're doing the same amount of work quality of work and not receiving the same opportunities I feel like that's also good to have your proof or like your evidence that you yeah are adequate like compared to this person it's not like actually this person's excelling at this rate that I don't know makes them outperform others right so that you have proof to go into so that I mean it could reveal that it's just a personal preference that your manager has and it's not fair in a team environment and I think also this happens a lot with like if you have kind of a bro-y culture and it's like your boss is a guy and he's like sees this young guy he's gonna like bond he's like super casual they're like buds and then you're like well i can't change my entire personality to like yeah i don't know talk about something they're interested in someone but it could be super i don't know male dominated that's that's what happens so i heard a good story of this once where this woman was working in a finance company and she ended up quitting and part of the reason was the director there was always going to the guys like the guy managers and talking about like deals and this and that and he would only talk to her about like when they had female candidates to interview because they were like trying to, to hire females. And so she quit and the HR person told me this. And so when she quit, the HR person was like, why are you quitting? And she told her the story. And so the HR person was asking me like, well, what do we do about that? And it's like, well, the managers need to be getting coaching or have leadership training as well. But also people need to be sharing that information before they quit also because they could have maybe gone to the manager and been like, look, I know that you think what you're doing is probably maybe potentially completely innocent, but what you're doing is you are creating a culture where you're not including that person in these conversations and you're doing the complete opposite of what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like that's like a very short answer for like a much longer, I guess, topic and conversation on it. But I've heard an exact story like that before too. Yeah. So I guess our like takeaway advice would be to one not feed into gossip culture around it to talk to your boss or manager and have like evidence and proof of your work if that's yeah. something that factors into it and three I guess just know that it's not wild for you to think that this is a phenomenon that's happening because it definitely does happen and yeah. managers are human <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. We really love hearing from you all. A great free tool for boosting productivity is a to-do list. And if you're a fan of to-do lists, we created a free downloadable resource with uncommon to-do list templates to help you get started with boosting your productivity. We link to those templates in the show notes if you're interested in checking that out. And thank you to our experts, Laura Vanderkam and Adam Grant. You can find more information about them in the show notes as well.